welcome to the DC Comics News Podcast, episode 143. And we're going to be talking about the news that relates to movies, TV and streaming, and comic books, all revolving around the DC Universe. But I'm not alone. I'm with Captain Fantastic, bright, fabulous Mr. Brad Felicky. How are you, bro? I'm pretty good. Um, actually talking to you from vacation uh in in florida and i just gotta give shout outs to a cool little comic shop i discovered in sarasota called the dark side comics and yeah games. so you so tweet you about it as well yeah yeah so if you are in the area definitely check it out because it's a great staff huge huge store great selection so so yeah but i'm but i'm doing good enjoying the sunshine always a joy to be talking to you i'm glad you've got sunshine I'm in London. <laughs> the first, <laughs> the first news article of the week, and we're going straight into the movie news. And well, this is a subject close to my heart, and I'm sure that you feel the same way. We've had the first clapperboard scene that Batgirl, the movie, has entered production. Brad, what'd you make of this one? Oh man, uh, this is this is exciting. Uh, because this is moving right along. This has gone from announcement to production really quick. So I'm really glad to see that. And and I really can't wait to see what uh, Christina Hodson does with the script. With the script. Uh, I love Bumblebee, love Birds of Prey. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what she does with the screenplay. Uh, Leslie Grace seems to be really enjoying the idea of playing the character. And we get J.K. Simmons back as Commissioner Gordon. So that is all great news, and we're going to get to see it uh, maybe, you know, fingers crossed by this time next year, even maybe even a little earlier. So, yeah, I'm I'm psyched. I uh, I'm glad this is moving right along. And I'm also very interested to see who Brendan Fraser is going to be playing. So, yeah, all around, this is uh, this is a good story. What about you? Brendan Fraser, we, we don't know if he's going to be Firefly, we don't know if he's going to be a gangster, but hey, the fact that he's in it. But um, I, I wanted to ask you about the whole Officer Barbara Gordon thing. Obviously, we know that whenever we've seen her in the future, in Batman Beyond, in um, Future State, I mean, even in t- on TV in Titans, she's been a police officer. But what do you make of the fact of, of, of that decision for the for the movie? Yeah, I thought it uh, it was an interesting choice. Uh, you know, but uh, one that I'm okay with. I don't. I don't have any, um, you know, concerns with it or anything. I, I think the script is in really good hands, and I think that, um, you know, like you, you said, we've seen this version in the future comics and uh, in in things like Titans. Uh, so it something we're familiar with. Even though I instinctively, if I was writing the script, I would have gone for kind of the bright side. Um, Barbara Gordon, you know, the uh, the kind of young, hip type of character. So, yeah, I, I'm I, I'm interested. This makes me kind of even more intrigued that they're going that route. So, yeah, it kind of is just something that kind of even makes me more excited for it. Yeah, I'm thinking as well, um, as you say, Christina Hodgson's a great writer and uh, Bumblebee and Birds of Prey, I, I really enjoyed. But maybe I'm I'm thinking that this could be an officer, Barbara Gordon, looking back. Uh, and telling the story quite right the the back of the burnside image with the leslie grace as a young um hip actress 
would work better. So maybe it's uh, a Barbara Gordon looking back on her life. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, oh, did I say bright side? <laughs> yeah. Did you? Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> I think I did. I must have been thinking of the killer song. <laughs> but, yes, but well, yeah, I think nothing I, wrong I think with that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Batgirl of Burnside. Um, yeah, because uh, she's too young to be a police officer just yet, I don't think. Because whenever we've seen her as a cop, it's been an older Barbara. I mean, she takes over as, as commissioner in Neo-Gotham for the Batman Beyond series. So I'm thinking maybe this is a Barbara Gordon looking back at, at to how she became Batgirl. So hopefully we can get like a, a Batgirl year one kind of thing. So we might see her as a librarian, as a student, and then turn senator and then turn to law enforcement um due to her dad i mean i just don't know but whatever the case as you said great writer and the two directors i don't know if you've seen bad boys for life it's way better mm -hmm. than bad boys 2 it's yeah. it's almost on a par with the original bad boys for me i really enjoyed that so um yeah it's gonna look great as well so yeah let's let's uh keep everything fingers crossed and hope for a positive result now speaking of positive um but it's uh Definitely a walk on the dark side. The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, has shared a look at Black Adam 2 on the cover of a magazine. And, oh, this cover is, doesn't give anything away, but just the look in his eyes is great. What do you make of this one? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed the image. I really, you know, I've talked you know, many times about how uh, his enthusiasm for the character really brings so much to this whole project. But I really also like how he is leaning into the dark side of the character. Now, we know that by the end of the film, he's going to become an anti-hero, but he's really leaning into the villainous parts of the character. And that's such a, a different um, side of him that we usually see. He hardly ever plays villains, you know, so that's that's kind of fun to watch him have fun in that part of that role, too. So, yeah, I think that... Um, yeah, I think that Black Adam is definitely going to be uh, one of my top most anticipated films of 2022 for sure. And once again, it's like, you know, the more that we hear of it, the the better it looks. So, yeah, I, I'm all in. Uh, what about you? Yeah, absolutely the same. He's definitely playing the character from the comic books. This isn't going to be a polished up, cleaned up, heroic Teth Adam, it's going to be the guy we read about, the ruler of Kandak, uh, a man who is um, not quite a tyrant because the people of his country love him. He's their protector, but he's no way is he a, an actual superhero. He's not a chiseled jawed Superman protector of the innocent. I mean, from the quote from the article, um, superheroes don't kill the villains. Um, I do. And it's like, well, that's it in a nutshell. That's that's Black Adam, isn't it? So. Yep. I cannot wait. Maybe the 12 year wait will be more than worth it when we do get to see this film. Absolutely. Now, something else I've been looking forward to for a long time, and there was talk of a, a live action movie a few years back, but you and I are both fans of the lesser known quirky DC characters. And it looks like finally Warner Brothers Animation are going to give us a metal man animated movie now this has got me grinning what about you brad yeah it, it has me grinning too uh you know to be honest i i totally forgot about the live action film that barry sonnefeld was uh producing uh that had kind of slipped through the cracks of my memory uh 
but these characters are perfect for an animated movie. You know, I, at this point, I would almost rather see them in a well-done animated movie. And it looks like the talent behind this is is really, really out of this world. Um, we have uh, Celeste Ballard writing the script, uh, and Ron Clemens and John Musker are set to produce. And uh, they they've worked, you know, they've done The Little Mermaid, Aladdin, and The Princess and the Frog. So this is incredible talent that we've got um, moving forward with this. So, yeah, I think that um, it, it could be quirky, and I hope it's aimed at adult audiences. I don't see why it would not be. But, uh, yeah, I, I think this could be uh, a really cool project. Uh, what about you? Oh, absolutely. I mean, a lot of people will go on ad infinitum about how the Marvel movies are, are better than DC movies or whatever. I mean, I love every DC movie. I don't those other two films. <clears throat> Halle Berry Superman <laughs> 4. Now, we'll talk about the, the ones that are great and the ones of the recent years, but no one can deny that when it comes to animated films, DC are light years ahead. I mean, apart from a couple of questionable choices, um, They've, their animated movies of the last couple of decades have been absolutely stellar. And when you've got talents like these who've made some Disney masterpieces, which is odd because Disney and Marvel, uh, there you go, but they're coming over to do men, love them. Characters who are literally living machines with the powers and abilities imbued on them by whichever metal they are, that's cool. And Will Magnus is a great character, a scientist. And, oh, man, yeah, this has got me written all over it. I love those lesser-known DC characters. I mean, you and I have said it a thousand times. We never thought we'd ever see a Doom Patrol TV show. And look how well that turned out. So, Metal Men, let's hope that one day we do see a full-length live-action version. But for now, I'll take the animated quite happily. Now, sadly... It doesn't look like we'll be getting Joe Manganiello back as Deathstroke, which is a shame because he was great. And all the fires that were lit by Zack Snyder's Justice League finally being released looks like they've been put out. What do you make of this story about Joe Manganiello saying that he's let go of the Deathstroke role? You know, I'm uh, I'm just naturally an optimist, I guess, because I say that's why we love you. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely <laughs> say never say never. Uh, who knows what's going to come down the pike? It's it's completely reasonable to think that the Snyderverse may continue in some way. Um, the, the fan demand has been so loud uh, that somebody at Warner Brothers has to be listening. So don't count him out right now you know just you you know never say never he could still come back to the role i understand that he wants to let it go right now because he's being realistic but you know uh you you never know what might happen what about you well see i i'm like yourself i want to be bright positive i want to think the best and i do think he was made for the part and what we did see him as as uh slade wilson as Deathstroke was brilliant but has the side of us even really gone away? Gal Gadot was introduced as Wonder Woman in Batman vs Superman. She's had two movies of her own since, and she's been in Justice League, both versions. Um, Jason Momoa's Aquaman was introduced in Zack Snyder's Justice League. So 
um, he's getting his second film very, very soon. Maybe we're not getting the exact stories Zack Snyder wanted to tell, but we're getting the characters he introduced in his films. So who's to say that further down the line, we don't see Joe Manganiello back as Deathstroke because, hey, he is one of DC's best bad guys, hands down. Him teaming up with Black Manta, it's happened in the comics. It could happen in the movies. Like yourself, Brad, I salute you, sir. Never say never. This is comic books. This is comic book movies. Anything could happen. Let's keep our fingers crossed. Until then, what we're going to do is learn about some other great shows that everyone now they can listen to, and that'll help keep the lights turned on around here. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this short ad break. This is Seth Singleton from DC Comics News, here to tell you about the Spinner Rack. Each and every week, DC Comics publishes so many great books, it can be hard to decide where to invest your time and money. And that's where the Spinner Rack comes in. The Spinner Rack is my honest attempt to rate, review, score the top five books from DC Comics each and every week. How can you listen? It's easy. All you have to do is go to your favorite platform, subscribe to DC Comics News Podcasts, and wait for the new episode to load up. Join me each and every week as I sift through the best from DC Comics and pick my top five books. Can't wait to share them with you and to hear your scores when you share them with us, right here on the DC Comics News Podcast. Picture this, someone who knows nothing about comics. Someone who knows comics from movies, TV, and video games. A complete ultra-comics nerd. You pick the character you want us to talk about. You send us the questions you want answered. You make the show. A podcast by fans. For fans. Making new fans. Superheroes. Or dummies. Part of the Comics in Motion Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? I am Kelly Gaines for DC Comics News. I am Tony Hasty for this show. And we are here to introduce our new show, DCN After Dark. This is the late night talk show for all of the wild ideas, fascinating concepts, and scandalous tales straight from the DC Universe. We are not going to hold any punches. We are going to give all of our opinions straight off the dome, and sometimes we'll be writing it down. It is not for the faint of heart. It is not for the sensitive ears. It is not for any children. Viewer discretion is going to be advised because we are going to be swearing a lot. Yes. Yeah. And possibly, maybe by episode five, getting to our hundredth joke. Here's <laughs> <laughs> hoping. <laughs> We're going to have guests on this show. We're going to be guests on other shows, but we're not going to finish this sentence. <laughs> off, the t- off the cuff. Let's go. Off the cuff. Off the cuff. Anything off, you want. Anything you want. Scooby-Doo would be a better detective than Jim Gordon. There you go. That's that is what this whole show is about. That's what the show is about. We're going to be That's talking good. about we're going to be talking about stuff like that. Should we have seen more of the bat? Go. No, no one had to see more of the bat. No, I didn't want God damn it. Look, all right. We're going to Scooby-Doo, DCN After Dark. Check us out. Watch us without your kids. And if you are a kid, you shouldn't have even seen this promo. Drink recipes, content creation, reviews, unsolicited advice, and very inappropriate jokes. Yes. 
and a Santa, uh, an, an unseasonable Santa hat. Except it's seasoned, but whatever. Check us out. <laughs> Not getting rid of the Santa hat. <laughs> Available exclusively on YouTube. Welcome back to episode 143 of the DC Comics Dude podcast, where you've talked about the big screen, so let's talk about TV and streaming. And we're going to start off with uh, a look at a hilarious trailer featuring more tiny white underwear than you can ever possibly imagine. Yes, Peacemaker is here and he's getting closer. Brad, tell me you giggled as much as I did, but you also got the feels from the Peacemaker trailer. Uh, yeah, I yeah, I did on both accounts. Um, oh man, it's just it is really fun watching John Cena in this role. He is because he is having so much fun, and I I have a feeling this is just going to be I'm going to be laughing through the entire thing. Uh, it's it's a humor that maybe doesn't get seen as much as recently as it has in the past, so it's. It'll be kind of fun to revisit kind of that stuff. And, um, you know, like The Rock with Black Adam, his John Cena's enthusiasm for the character just makes all the difference. It's just fun to be had all around. What about you? As you said, I think Dwayne Johnson was born to play Black Adam, and I honestly believe that John Cena was born to play Peacemaker. This is, I've said it before, and people have quoted me on it, this is a grown man with the body of a Greek god and the face of a child. And that is the kind of person you need to play this type of character, because in many ways, his look at life, his outlook, his black and white vision of the world is like that of a child, but he is a killer an assassin, a gun for hire, and the dynamics we've got seeing him with Economos, with Harcourt, with Vigilante, we're going to be laughing our butts off. But then that sensitive side of him, and that this is clearly a man who's got issues um, with his father, and again, picking someone like Robert Patrick, who is a grossly underrated character actor. I mean, people will never look past his role as T-1000 in Terminator 2, but he's done such so many other great things since. I think that's great, and I'm really, really looking forward to it. And hey, James Gunn ever let us down? No. I can't wait to see this one. So bring on Peacemaker Season 1 and everything that entails. But hey, talk about Season 1s. Brad, you, you've got to be happy about the next piece of news, right? Yes. Oh, yes. So up next, uh, Why the Last Man may return for a second season which is great news. Uh, what, uh, what was your take on this story? Well, you and I both felt the same way when you heard about the cancellation before season one had even wrapped. I mean, this is a story you and I love. This is one of those great DC books that finally, after years in development, hell, I mean, over a decade, we finally got to see on TV. And I, I enjoyed season one. I really liked it. I thought some of the casting was brilliant. Some of the writing was fantastic. But... It seems like the whole COVID thing and the extending of contracts was the real reason behind the cancellation rather than anything else. Because critically, it's done quite well. Most fans have liked it. Um, the pacing might have been a bit slow here and there, but the writing and the way they brought it up today, I found, was was really great. And the fact that it might continue and still stay on Disney+, Plus, um, 
I think it's got a great home and may not need to be picked up by another network has made me really happy. I mean, I know you love the comic as much as I do. I know you, you've read your reviews of the TV show. I mean, what do you make of the news? I, this, was, this was my favorite story of the week. Uh, I was so hoping that we could at least get uh, a hint that this might happen uh, because it, it it deserves to continue. Uh, not only like was the source material great, like you said, they updated it and they updated it in really clever ways that really spoke to the world that we're living in now. And it, it, it I think it had important things to say, and I don't think it was finished saying it. And when I heard it was canceled, it was like a knife to the gut because that was yeah. – just after New York Comic Con, where they had this panel, and everybody on the panel, cast, crew, oh, we can't wait for season two. We hope we get a season two. And everybody was so enthusiastic. And just to have the rug pulled out uh, from under us like that is just heartbreaking. So uh, I think that, you know, Disney, Fox, whatever, you know, they, you know, now you said Disney Plus. Now, I don't know if, if it's Disney Plus over in England, but here it's on. Uh, it's, here it is, yeah. Yeah. So it's on Hulu uh, FX oh. or FX on Hulu. And now they said if this deal goes through here in the U.S., it would just be uh, it wouldn't be uh, FX on Hulu. It would just be a Hulu original. Whatever they have to do to get this out, I'm down for it. You know, I, I really hope that they can work this out. Because it is a story that really, really deserves to uh, to be told. Oh, yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, what about you? What, what was uh, what was your take on all this? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just glad that there's a light at the end of the tunnel that it could happen. So, please let it happen. Please let it happen. Please let it happen. Because there's so much we still need to see. We need to learn the reason why all the male mammals died. We need to know about, um, oh God, I don't want to spoil it for anyone who might not have read the comics, but um, every male on earth died, but on earth, I mean, you know what I'm talking about because you've read the comics. So, so many ways it can go, Brad. So yeah, please, more, more, more. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, up next in TV and streaming, it looks like uh, Robbie Amell is coming back uh, to The Flash for at least one episode. Uh, what, did you, what did you think of this? Oh, um, Ronnie Raymond was Firestorm and wasn't in the comics. And, well, you, who knows what could happen with the multiverse? And that's something that these shows have been doing long before Marvel movies decided to introduce a multiverse in into the Spider-Verse and long before the shenanigans that are currently occurring to Spider-Man and Doctor Strange in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And let's remember, the original multiverse was the DC multiverse from the Flash of Two Earths. So having Robbie ML back, great. Will he still be Firestorm or will he just be Ronnie Raymond? We don't know. I mean, the ties of the character right back to when this show started and in his um, romance with Caitlin Snow. Um, yeah, really excited. Again, Robbie's part of the original Arrowverse lineup when the shows first started, when um, Arrow and Flash were the only two shows in in the uh, canon, in the, in the multiverse. So great to have him back. And does that mean his cousin Steven's far behind? Who knows whatever the case i'm a robbie ml fan i think he's a terrific actor i'm looking forward to seeing more i mean what do you make of it 
yeah, I think it's this is exciting. And, uh, you know, like you said, how it's kind of been brought full circle now, you know, something from the beginning of the show, bring it back eight seasons later. I think that that's that's really cool. And I and I love how they're keeping the Arrowverse and the family with uh, with animals, with the animal brothers, because maybe you're right. Maybe maybe we will get Arrow coming back in, in some way. Um yeah, and that's the question too, is how is he? How how is Robbie Elmo coming back? Is he going to be Firestorm? You know how how are they going to work that out? But the Flash is the perfect show to do that because the Flash and multiverse go back, like you said, way back to the Flash of two worlds. So it's a perfect avenue. So yeah, this should be it should be cool. I'll say you know welcome back. Uh, I, I just really like when these Arrowverse actors come back and get to reprise the roles and you know, maybe finish loose ends up and things like that. So, yeah, I, I think this is this will be a, a cool thing. I think that's going to be episode 11 of this current season. I think that's what the story said. And we also, speaking of Flash news, we also got some looks at uh, Grant Gustin as reverse Flash. Uh, what do you think of these pictures? Um, I'm scared because there's also one photo with... Gustin as reverse flash face to face with Gustin as the flash and well we all know of multiverses and dark multiverses and places where things go topsy-turvy back to front and every which way but Barry Allen that's evil is to me a truly concept I mean we know about all the dark Batman from metal and death metal and the Batman who is the Flash is arguably one of the most powerful there is. I mean, can you think of something more scary than like Batman with super speed? So imagine the Flash, but evil. I mean, we I mean, the stories you could tell have got me really excited. But the terrifying fact is this is going to be like just before the midseason breaks. It's going to leave fans literally white knuckle chewing their own arms of waiting to find out what happens next. So. Yeah, this is really, really cool and really, really exciting. What did you make of it? Yeah, very interesting because Grant Gustin, both in person as Barry Allen as the Flash, really comes across as likable. So seeing him being evil should be should be interesting. And I have a feeling that we're going to be left with a quite the cliffhanger Oof. here, you know, before it goes into midseason break. So, yeah. Um, I think this is also something that's been building for a while now. And I just got to give a shout out to Tom Cavanaugh for his his acting as the reverse flash earlier in the series, because he's just done amazing things with that role. So, uh, but yeah, um, this, this, uh, like you said, this could be worrying, but I think fans are going to be in for, uh, for quite the cliffhanger. With that, everyone, we're going to take a quick uh, break here from some sponsors, and we're going to come back with some comic book news, so stick around. First, there was the DC Comics News podcast. Then came the Spitter Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the night. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. 
just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones, I am the night. Hello listeners, this is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Book, a Harley Quinn cast. Three, two, one. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making Bat Shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Gogur. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat them, nards. I definitely do not f*** that. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f*** with Lois Lane. For f***'s sake. I'm a damn good cop. Lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents... Mad Love. The Harley Quinn Cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. Fuckers. And welcome back to episode 143 of the DC Comics News Podcast. And we're going to talk some comic book news. Up first, this is probably my second favorite story of the week, is that we are going to see Whistle and Primer uh, join the uh, primary DC universe. What do you think of this? I'm so happy. You and I are big fans of the way that DC has managed to attract whole new audiences due to its graphic novel lines, young audiences, young adult audiences, teen audiences, adult audiences. There's a book out there for absolutely everybody. And Primer and Whistle, well, those are two of my love those books, absolutely love them. So the fact that these are two brand new characters created for a completely different audience, the writers as great as Tim Sheridan are going to bring into the mainstream DC universe and the work he's doing on Teen Titans Academy is stellar, by the way. The fact we've finally seen Roy Harper come back. Wally West is the hero he was always meant to be without negating any of the stuff that's come before. Dude, this just makes me really, really happy. And, uh, um, Whistle and Leibovitz, come on, what a team and what a unique power set. Bring it on. Enroll them in the Academy. Let's read their adventures in the mainstream flagship DC universe. I mean, did you like the uh, YA graphic novels? Have you read those? What do you make of this story, bro? Yeah, I, 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 I have read them. I really enjoy the, the you know, it's, I'm not the target audience, but they are still really stories. enjoyable stories you know and i've i've liked them all and i really liked that they introduced new characters through these books but then i thought 
you know, it would be really cool to see them in regular DC continuity and uh, welcome aboard. I think they deserve it. I think they're going to add a lot to the the academy. So I think this is great news. I, I, I would love to see down the line next year sometime us talking about a story where there's a, a series announced with these characters, you know, a mini series, ongoing series. I'm down for one for both of these characters. So yeah, this is this is great news. Uh, welcome to the mainstream DC universe with Salon Primer. I mean, I, it's yeah, man, that is that's going to be a lot of fun. And up next, uh, Scott Ryan Wilson has teased us that the last few issues of Pennyworth are going to be insane so steve are you looking forward to this insanity well more insane than the first few i mean we've got guys with guns for arms and frozen wastes and spies and savagery and poor old alfred pennyworth going through the ringer so sign me up i mean pennyworth is one of those shows i did not even know i wanted i thought what the hell really now you're going to talk about alfred's life and both seasons have blown me away i love the actors i love the writing i love the cast i love the setting the whole weird twisted different uk we've seen in this weird twisted parallel world and now this series i'm really loving because you're seeing alfred as a child you're seeing alfred as a spy and looking back on his life as as the alfred of well not quite today because he's no longer with us bless him but do you, do you feel i don't know if you've been reading the comic series that this is the alfred just before his death at the hands of bane so oh man i i i can't wait to see what he's doing if, if the end's going to be wackier than what we've had so far i am invested i cannot wait to see what happens next and hey maybe we'll get a season two of the comic series as well we can but hope i mean what do you make of it I mean, what could be crazier than what we've seen already yeah i don't know and i like that they're hinting that there's going to be a character from the general batman universe in issue six uh what character is that going to be i can't wait to find out like you said we've seen such crazy things already how are they going to out crazy what we've already seen it's been a yeah the series has been a lot of fun so i can't wait to see how it all gets wrapped up and uh yeah, it seems like it's gonna be crazy well sign me up send me to arkham because i want insanity and uh you know pennyworth is not necessarily the character that you would consider for craziness so that i think even made the series that much more fun because you would not necessarily it's a story that you didn't that that surprised me because it, it kind of like the Batgirl story wasn't what my instincts would tell me if I was telling that story. So, uh, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, to seeing how that all wraps up. In our last bit of comic book news, uh, Joshua Williamson is breaking down the first issue, or I should say the Justice League Incarnate series itself. Uh, what, uh, what was your take on this, Steve? Did you read the first issue? Oh, yeah. And all of Infinite Crisis and uh, his first issue of Batman as well. I mean, he's another one of these writers who I just think, how are you doing this? He's now writing so much. and He's literally taken the reins of the mainstream DC universe that were once held by um, Scott Snyder. I mean, he's taken the ball. He's running with it. 
He's created a new world's finest team or multiverse's finest team in the Flashpoint Batman and President Superman, which is a team I never thought I'd see in a million years, but they are killing it. And I don't know if you've read the the first issue as well, where, I mean, Marvel had their version of the Justice League and the Squadron Supreme, and now we've got the Retaliators, uh, <coughs> Avengers, uh, <laughs> Marvel analogs, and they're brilliant. Mm-hmm. Marge to the Marvel characters and a slight little wink and nudge and, uh, and giggle at the Marvel characters as well. Josh Williamson, honestly, he's one of those exciting young talents that is absolutely killing it. And his first issue of Batman. Wow. I mean, I, I was thinking um, he had some big shoes to fill taking over from James Tynan. But that first issue, if that's anything to go by, I cannot wait to read the rest in the end. Justice League Incarnate. This is one of the finest, most different original takes on the Justice League I've ever read. So, yeah, I'm in. I'm totally in, loving it. What do you make of it? Yeah, it's Joshua Williamson is definitely becoming one of the biggest names in comics uh, over the past uh, few years. Or even since, for me personally, it's been since Future State ended because he started writing so much after that. And now, like you said, taking over Batman. Uh, I haven't had the chance to read that first issue, but I'm looking forward to it. Good. Um, really, good. He, yeah, he's definitely a talent to to keep an eye on. And uh, one thing that popped out to me about the story is this, uh, we're going to get three acts of the whole Infinite Frontier saga. And right now we're just in the second. And like you said, it was kind of uh, such an original take. It makes me curious, how is this all going to play out? And is it even going to get crazier for the third act so i'm really interested in seeing how this all plays out i think it's going to have some definite ramifications for the entire dc universe so um yeah it's 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 been a fun series and definitely an original take on on the justice league uh for sure and so that wraps up our new stories uh but steve before we go uh what uh, what have you been reading or watching uh, in the DC world uh, this week? Um, obviously, uh, trying to catch up on Flash and Batwoman now that season three started, and we're getting a whole new Poison Ivy, a whole new Joker, which, um, while I'm not totally overjoyed about because I think if it ain't broke, don't fix it, we are in a world where these characters may no longer be with us, and I adore Nicole Kang. I think she's a wonderful actress, and seeing her take on a villain when she's been the most lovable character ever has been absolutely brilliant and flash with another crossover and a ton of black lightning awesome stuff but um recently i uh, as you, you're well aware i uh, was fortunate enough to attend the uk's premier comic-con thought bubble a couple of weeks ago and there i chatted to some of my absolute favorite characters Ram V, Joel Jones, Alvaro Martinez, James Tynan, and all that stuff's going to be hitting uh, DC Comics News and Dark Knight News over the next few weeks. Uh, I was meant to sit down with uh, the legend that is Richard Starkings, the man who is one of the pioneers of digital lettering who transformed the industry and who is a writer and creator on comicsology himself. Uh, I was meant to have 15 minutes of his time. We ended up sitting down talking Doctor Who and comics for over an hour. So I've got to try and edit that interview down uh, a little bit. But um, yeah, um, my world has been overrun 
with uh, comics DC and otherwise last few weeks, and I'm incredibly fortunate to be in that position. So um, yeah, look out for all that stuff. The my Ramvi interview and Joel Jones interview is already live on DC Comics News, so do check those out and please let me know your thoughts because. Uh, Brad, I know that you, like me, are a huge fan of Yara Floor. So, speaking to Joel Jones about that character's creation and where the name of Jerry the Flying Horse came from, and and things like that, and how much she loves Boise. Uh, wow, <laughs> so, that was that was a great interview, by the way. <laughs> that thanks, was a fun man. read, guys. So definitely check that out. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, Boise. so tell me what else you've been reading and watching in the DC universe over the last mm. few weeks, my friend. Yeah, I, I am caught up uh, on, on Batwoman, and uh, like you, uh, Nicole Bang was one of my favorite bits of the show, and seeing her play a, a villain is has been uh, a lot of fun. So, yeah, w- one thing I'm really liking about Batwoman is I feel about it the same way I feel about Titans, that it is still a show on the rise. Like, it keeps getting better. It hasn't reached that peak yet, and that is fun to think, like, how how good can this get? So yeah, I, I caught up on that one. I, um, been rereading the, um, other history of DC universe, uh, Very since it cool. came out, uh, in, in hardcover, uh, reading the collection. That was, that's just such, uh, such, uh, such an incredible collection guys. If you haven't read that, it's, uh, so well done. Um, it's so humanizing of the characters it examines uh it's just yeah it's it's really good um and i just yesterday i picked up the collection of truth and justice which i have to uh delve deeper into but i started reading that and uh you know reading some i uh, just finished reading the first issue of uh, justice league uh, incarnate and finished up uh, batman uh reptilian uh things like that with uh, individual uh, individual issues. So, uh, so yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's what I've been, that's what I've been up to. So, you know, with that, we'll bring another episode of the DC comics news to a close, but before we go, uh, Steve, tell the, uh, our fine listeners, uh, where they can find you. Well, most weeks I'm on this amazing show with brother Brad, brother Seth, and occasionally with the wonderful ladies that are Kendra Hale and Kelly Gaines, who I miss dearly. Can't wait to get back on the airwaves with those two ladies. But obviously um, this is my third podcast recording of today. In fact, um, Adam and I, my offspring uh, recorded two episodes of I am the night uh, this evening as well. So look out for those on this very network. I also have a show called superheroes for dummies on the comics in motion feed where listeners tell us which character they want to know about, send us in their questions and we'll talk about them and Brad's been a guest on the uh, Dream and the Endless episode of that show, which is all great fun too. Yeah, to read my work, that. thanks, man. I need to come on again. Have to. Yeah. Um, for my written work, just type Fantastic Universes or Steve J. Ray into Google or your search engine of choice to read my news reviews, features and interviews across DC Comics News, Dark Knight News, Fantastic Universes and CBR. Talk to me on Twitter at lstevo, E-L underscore S-T- E-E-V-O. I love to chat all things comic books, sci-fi, and everything else. But while you're there, check out Filiki B1, my friend Brad. Brad, you're on the internet. Where can the world and the multiverse read your work, sir? Yeah, you can find me writing news and reviews at DC Comics News. 
Uh, you can find me on the Mad Love uh, Harley Quinn podcast, also part of the DC Comics News Network. And you can follow me on Twitter at ClickyB1. And speaking of the DC Comics News Podcast Network and uh, I Am The Night, be sure to check out all of our other shows on the DC Comics News Network, the Harley Quinn podcast mad love uh i am the night the uh, episode by episode breakdown of batman the animated series and spinner rack where seth singleton uh spotlights five uh of the best issues of the week for dc comics and you can find those podcasts wherever you listen to your podcast stitcher apple podcast spotify wherever you listen to your podcast there we will be and we like to end our episodes with something that everybody should be doing, and that is to read more mix. Have a good week, everybody. <laughs>